Greetings, Santani, and welcome to Godfather, Godfather Minute. Minute. It's the podcast where me, Alex Robinson, and me, Andy Robinson, go through the entire Godfather movie. movie. Today we're talking about Minute 129. That's where Alex gets his Sicilian lip smack and a minuto. <laughs> lip smacking? Yeah. Smacking lips is like the, it's like the... Uh, it's like is a, that a taste thing? Yeah, it's like a... Yeah, like smack you. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I think it's like if something's tasty. Or, mm. Well, don't think I'm going to start cooking for you. Oh, you're going to cook I'm for 30 gonna, guys? I'm just teaching you how to talk. Because you're a little baby. You don't know how you would say it in numbers. How do I say it in a Sicilian, though? How would I say one hundred and twenty minute 129 in Sicilian? Minuto. Minuto. Gento. Gento. Ventinove. Ventinove. You I got it. Ventinove. You got it. All right, that's minute 129. Uh, we're still in the meetings of the five families. <laughs> Is that your five families? That makes team? it sound like a mystery. <laughs> oh, I should, well, one, two, three, four, five. There you go. Although we determined that Corleone family is the sixth one. There are six families. Remember uh, in the context, he says the... The heads of the five families. <laughs> yeah, the five yeah, other families. Other families. <laughs> it's really weird because it's capitalized in the book. Yeah, so you think if it were a proper noun, that would be the six families. Maybe in the book, it's it's five. Mm-hmm. But for the movie, they needed to cast more people. Oh, so they had to, they had oh to, it's the unions. Yeah, the unions. Had to give more more actors union, jobs. Union right? troubles. Mm. So, uh, minute one hundred twenty nine. We're at the meeting of the six families. Um, Don Barzini opens the meeting by uh, thanking the Don uh, for arranging the whole thing. Mm. Um, Barzini points out that the Don wasn't uh, sharing his political protection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Don disagrees, saying that he only refuses mm. one time <laughs> because he thinks this drug business will destroy them. In the destroy end. us. It's, it's bigger and more powerful than you can possibly imagine. <laughs> Is um, the Don naive? Because as we can look now, look from history, the cops mm-hmm. didn't seem at all at all like hesitant about mm-hmm. teaming up with drug dealers, as every yeah. crime movie since 1980 <laughs> has shown us. So, like, was the Don slipping? Was he, he was. Is he is he like too set in his ways? He and, was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we all know that. We all know he was slipping. He was old fashioned. He was a mustache Pete. He's one of the last people to get into it. I also think that that's a way of almost like. Um, because uh, it, it, certainly at the time this movie came out, uh, drugs were still a very hot, obviously now they're still a hot issue. Mm. But even then, it was it was very much like you know now there's a whole movement about legalizing weed and stuff. So yeah. back then it was much less of a thing. Mm. So I'm wondering if like Puzo had him be anti-drug so that like the audience would be like, oh yeah, see he's a good. Oh, he's a wow. good. He's basically a good, uh, you know, good-hearted oh, man at heart. Like wow. it's not like those other guys who do, do you know? Because because when the book was written in the late '60s, that was public sentiment. Well, certainly for mainst- no. mainstream America, would not mm-hmm. it was not very pro drugs at the time. So, well, if you go way back to minute one uh-huh. of our analysis, Alice, you know, what, go back and listen to one, and then we'll talk. Okay. 
Uh, we talked about how the book was anti-authoritarian, but not in that hippie protest kind of way. It was systems don't work, so we're going to create our own system, and that's what organized crime is. Yeah. So it, it, it is interesting that you're pointing out it could be anti-drug. But in a sense, it's, it's a protest. It's a pr- double protest. In other words, uh-huh. in other words, drugs were drugs at that time in the late sixties were a protest, were an expression of protest against so like the counter-embedded systems. Yeah. And this was was a protest against that and mainstream America. Well, it's almost like everyone knows that that there are parts of the government that are broken. You know mm. what I mean? No one's like totally like, yes, the go- it's not like the 50s. It's, get your head out of the 50s. You know, it's not like mm. no one totally trusts the government anymore. Yeah. So, uh, so it seems to me like people who are like, it's like libertarians are like, oh, like there should be as little law as possible. And, and, but, um, like whenever you hear those people talking about um, like, oh, there should be states rights and stuff like that. They never feel that way with drugs. They always yeah. are like drugs should be outlawed, period. Yeah. They're never like, well, some states, if they want to legalize heroin, they should mm-hmm. be allowed to. You know, yeah. so it's, a, it's just we're all part of the same hypocrisy. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't apply to my family, though. <laughs> yeah. I always wonder that about libertarians. Can you really pick your. I mean, I think some libertarians what? are like, yes, every drug should be legalized. Sure. Yeah. But but, you mm-hmm. know, like. You don't hear main. You know, we don't hear any mainstream right. Uh, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're not generally using that as that platform, which is weird because yeah. you think it would be a natural way to get like the hippies on the left mm-hmm. with the libertarians on the right. But you know, there's other more important issues. But um, so, are you suggesting that the Don was behind the time, even at the time? Because his point was that even the the politicians wouldn't be able to protect his people because it was such a dirty business at that time. This mm-hmm. was the 40s. Yeah. Or was he a little bit behind? It was, as we see now in hindsight, that very quickly anyone is going to, a lot of people are going to make money off this. So politicians will look the other way if they're making money too. Yeah. But, and everyone else sees that before he does. But he's yeah i guess so or or at least they're having him behave that way mm-hmm. so that us, us non-criminals in the audience it's not too far mm-hmm. you know what i mean like if you had uh let's say like a really uh like something that everyone agrees is bad like child pornography mm-hmm. let's suppose that don was like yeah i'm in charge of gambling and child pornography everyone would be like oh that would be so repellent mm-hmm. no one would be on his side i feel yeah. like the drugs are almost like that where it's like mm-hmm. well let's just take that off the table so if the don is anti-drugs that even like archie bunker is gonna agree with him because mm-hmm. everyone agrees the system is broken and you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. wants to do things on their own for their family but you know yeah anyway so what what I'm hearing is that Archie Bunker is against child pornography. I don't know what are his feelings on it. I, he he never specifically came out against mm. it on the show, so it's possible. Boy, no way, Glenn play. It's so interesting. I, it is interesting to think about. I think it's just this, along the same lines where they don't show innocent people being victims of the Corleones. Yeah. Mm. you know. So uh, which, well, except for Carlo Rizzi. Come on. Well, no. The guy was just running a candy store, just want to make an in, make a living selling dum dums and and BBs. I uh, with rags and, and <laughs> Mook, whatever the other guy's name was. <laughs> yeah. I I believe put, me. I put understand. your dum dums behind the drapes. I understand that Carl had a hard time of things, but just don't tell me he's innocent. <laughs> yeah. 
Do you think that it's a bad sign? Let's suppose you married Connie Corleone. Whoa, hey. And the, you call me Merle? And the Don was like, you know what? Uh, let's not give him any. Let's just have him on the candy store. I don't want him involved. Mm. Would you be like, huh, is there something wrong with me? Like, the temptation is to be like, oh, why is the Don being a jerk? But yeah. is it like, do you think you'd have the thing? Is that me? Is is the fact that the Don doesn't trust me? Like, what am I doing wrong with my life? I, would, I don't think I would I would look inward. Yeah. I think I would wonder who is giving him bad information hmm. so that he's making this poor judgment right. about my character. So it can't be you. I can sign. I'm a pretty good candy salesman. <laughs> Let me tell you, you, you give me candy, like a, I'm going to sell it. A suitcase full of samples <laughs> and his, his traveling salesman hat. What were those things called? They're, they're little like buttons on, a, on like a roll of paper. Oh, like candy buttons? Is that what they were called? Yeah, it's like the white piece of paper with a little... With yeah, little, just rows of yeah. two, just a line of two. Three, three actually. Three, right. yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that what they're called? Candy buttons? Candy buttons, yeah. Oh my gosh, those were so awesome. I love candy buttons. They don't make those anymore. Oh, do they, they totally do. Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. You can- if you go to a place that specializes in candy, you know, mm-hmm. like one of those places where they have all the things in the jars mm-hmm. and stuff like that, mm-hmm. that you can find them. Wow. There. So, uh, yeah. Hey, I'm just picturing Carlo in, literally in the candy store. He, and he, as a front, he has to get become a specialist and know all these candy, candy, you know, candy uh, buttons. I totally, I totally wanted Fizzlers. to be like Willy Wonka now. Like he's, <laughs> all his whole life now is devoted to candy. <laughs> in his purple suit. Yeah. <laughs> and all Oompa Loompas are, are Polly and... Uh, oh, Polly? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> I imagine it's the same exact movie, of course, uh-huh. the original. Yeah, but Carlo is playing that character. Maybe that's for, maybe for our <laughs> he bonus. Doesn't know content. his way around, or maybe anything. for our bonus content this week, we should do what if the tour of the Willy Wonka and what Godfather cast members would you have go on the tour mm, with that's Willy perfect. Wonka? Perfect. Let's do that. Let's write that down so we don't yeah, forget. Okay, to, got it. Forget. Ding. <laughs> well, I got a bunch of stuff from the book. Do we want to get into that? Uh, I know you tend to doze off and fall asleep as soon as I crack not, the book. That open. is not true. Uh, let me do some movie points first okay. that are specific to the movie. Man, it shot so well. Um, I love when uh, Barzini is talking and well, they. <laughs> well, no, no, it's not, not talking Bar- to Barzini. This is Barzini talking to someone else. So you're saying Barzini talked to someone else? It doesn't really work that <laughs> way. <laughs> Um, but I love the look of like of uh, like contempt on Don's face. He's like, mm-hmm. like he's like this guy yeah. busting my balls. Yeah, I know. I like, shot almost, like, like he's gonna jump down the table and like attack uh, attack Barzini. Guy has me shot five times, six <laughs> times. He's got the nerve to come in here. That's bad luck for me. <laughs> Uh, you can really see his uh, forehead throbbing in these, oh, you know, that that, that mysterious patch of Brando's right <laughs> eye. It's like really, you can really see it a lot in these. They too. call that his Barzini bump. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Um, it gets grow. It it throbs and gets bigger the more annoyed by Barzini he yeah. gets. <laughs> oh yeah, so this is the scene also where he talks about how um, most of the things they do—prostitution, gambling, mm-hmm. uh, even women. That most people want these things like so, yeah, around, yeah. So um, the harmless vices is that. Uh, first of all, is that a good um, rationalization? Mm, probably not. If the, if the market I mean, will bear it, 
the, the no, because it's it's a slippery slope. The market yeah. is going to bear drugs, right? Yeah, but he's against that. Where do you draw the line? Mm, yeah, it's, it it's seemed a, like the Don was drawing the line because it, it was because drugs was going to affect his bottom line because ultimately he loses political protection. Mm, he runs they'd, for all, cover. they'd run for cover, and then they'd be left without it. So it doesn't seem it's like it's an ethical decision on the Don's part, right? Um, well, I looked up just out of curiosity what uh, how people feel about those vices today. Mm. I specifically looked up um, gambling, uh, prostitution, and instead of liquor, I did uh, marijuana mm. legalization. Yeah. Although it's weird because liquor was legal during this uh, by this time, yeah. and uh, so maybe he must be mm. thinking back to the days when he was smuggling yeah. uh, trucks <laughs> yeah. in food with molasses. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's he's. It's good to see the Don back in good health, but he's still probably recovering. Because I, I, I talked to President Harding and he told me well, we're going to be able to do it. Yeah. The trucks we run, liquor from Canada, we're going to keep making money that way, right? Hyman, Hyman, where are you? Back me up there. The irony is, <laughs> everyone thinks he's crazy for calling out Hyman's name, but as we as we learn, Hyman's there in disguise. Remember, Hyman's <laughs> all like, uh, "Excuse me, I have to go." Um, so, in 1978, they asked people how how what should prostitution be legalized. And in 1978, 24% of the population said, yes, it mm. should be legalized. Mm-hmm. Women should be legalized. Okay. You want to take a guess as to what it was in 2016? Would the Don's uh, rationale still hold up I don't up think it's going to go up, but not much. Maybe 35%. Try more like 49%. Whoa, we almost got ourselves a simple majority. We, almost, we almost got ourselves a plurality. Wow. Almost. Yeah. So, so yeah, the Don would be even more in favor of, uh, yeah. of, of women today. Wow. Um, sports gambling. Oh, that's gone way up. Um, 50 you, mean, you mean sports gaming. Sports gaming. You're right. Uh-huh. Uh, 55% of people say it should be up to the states to decide if sports should be now. totally. Yeah, it should be yeah. totally legal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Although, interestingly, 48% of people think... Uh, legalize sports gaming would be bad for sports. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so most people are in favor of sports betting, yeah. and almost half of the people think it would ruin sports. So, <laughs> yeah. so, there's, a, so there's a small Venn diagram there of people mm-hmm. who want sports betting to ruin sports. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that crossover. Yeah, that's great. Um, marijuana. 67% of Americans now currently no. favor uh, the unlimited legalization, decriminalization of marijuana. That seems about right. A lot of states are legalizing it. Uh, only then. 8% don't want it legalized under any circumstances. Well, nowadays. Nowadays. You yeah. don't have stats for back in the 40s. No, no, no. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Um, wow. I didn't have it. 67%. That's a big number. Right. And then, so, and between there are people who are like, oh, it should be, you know, it should be medical. It should be like various mm-hmm. degrees. Is mm-hmm. legalized. So only eight yeah. percent say it should not be legalized at yeah, all. Wow. So uh, you have to assume that if the Don was still around now, that that they would have their hands in the marijuana business. Yeah, or at least. Right. But they probably also realized that legalization was coming, and they have to get legitimate. Yeah. Uh, soon. I wonder if that, how, that, how that works. If you're if they have a, let's say they have a big mm-hmm. marijuana operation going on, and then mm-hmm. legalization happens. 
does that mean they kind of have the infrastructure already in place or i can imagine the rules and restrictions are so yeah. strong that you you couldn't just say yeah here's our, our mexican we're growing our mexican yeah. weed under this uh in the swimming pool yeah that's up to code now there are right? all kinds yeah. of licenses you yeah. have to get and so, all that uh, although i could see him being a, a master businessman saying well no it's legal we have to create a product that no one else has so let's create a well We'll, we'll create a Fredo Corleone strain, Fredo Corleone, Corleone Kush. You know, we're we're the only licensed growers of it. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what kind of uh, high that would give you. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it would definitely make your throat all raspy, though. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, oh, yeah. I'm smoking too much of that Vito Corleone. Oh, that's why Vito Corleone's against drugs. Right? He's like, these, these drugs are going to be the end of us. Listen to me. <laughs> Listen to me. What's going to happen to my throat? I'm 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. Ever since my, my hothead child, Sonny, no. made me smoke that joint when I was in the hospital. <laughs> So let's see. Do I have anything else for, about the movie part of it? Um, no, I guess so. I guess we can let's let's, let's head over to the books. Oh, he, he refers book. to the Peso Novante of oh, the church. Yeah. Peso Novante, which is the, the fifty uh, caliber. Is that right? Oh, is that what it means? Uh, they, just, they just said it means like big shots, like like. Uh, I think it was was it fifty? Was it Novante? Maybe ninety caliber. We but, talked about this uh, year, literally years ago. I don't remember what it means in Italian, but it's a yeah. it's the ca- it's a caliber of a uh, of a bullet. Yeah, well, that's funny that it does that. If does it literally translate into like yeah. a big shot? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I think it's ninety caliber. Pezzo novante. Um, according, it just says pezzo vizante means someone who is powerful. A big shot. yeah, a big shot. So. I think it's literally like a high high caliber. High caliber. Nice. Well, are you ready to learn more about these dons, Alex? Let's let's go back into that train uh, boardroom and mm-hmm. inhale the smoke smell, the smell <laughs> of smoke and the cigars and uh-huh. uh, and olive oil. Yeah, it's guinea chum. Yeah. Well, last minute, if you remember, we met all the out of towners. Mm-hmm. Well, so, the out of town boys are going to be there. <laughs> That's right. This this minute, I'm going to uh, school you in local the local dons. Mm, okay. Page 281, Puzo writes, the representatives of the five families of New York were the last to arrive. So there are six. And Tom Hagen was struck by how much more imposing, impressive these five men were than the out-of-towners. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess if you, if you can make it in New York, you got to yeah, be the, that's where the, expression the comes biggest shot. The mob. Mm-hmm. Boy, if Bruno Tatalia is the, uh, is the <laughs> example of being an intimidating-looking yeah, guy. He was grandfathered in. <laughs> <laughs> His grandfather was intimidating. <laughs> they were much more imposing, impressive uh, than the Hicks. <laughs> For one thing, the five New York Dons were in the old Sicilian tradition. They were, quote, men with a belly, mm. meaning figuratively power and courage and literally physically flesh, as if the two went together, as indeed they seem to have done in Sicily. The five New York Dons were stout, corpulent men with massive leonine heads. That's funny. Features on a large scale, fleshy imperial noses, thick mouths, heavy folded cheeks. They were not too well tailored or barbered. They had the look of no nonsense, busy men without vanity. So I think um I think uh Barzini is the least mm-hmm. he's like the dapper don of the yeah. of the uh the five families. Yeah, absolutely. Of course, Joey Zaza would be the real ah, dapper don later yeah. on because he has to be in front of the camera. So do you think do you think Barzini was the role model to Joey Zada, who then became the role model to uh, 
Vincent. The Teflon Don. The the real Don. Uh, what's his name? Um, John Gotti. John Gotti. Wait, who? Wait, the Teflon Don. But but I know. But who? What was the order of operations there? Barzini. Yeah, was the slick one in the forties, mm-hmm. and then Joey Zaza. Mm-hmm. He was the one on all the newspapers, and then eventually John Gotti. Well, I think I feel like Gotti was. Are you talking about in the Godfather universe <laughs> well, like, or in, well, in the IR universe? It crosses over because John Gotti isn't in the Godfather universe. Well, but he was anyway. He was before Joey Zaza, probably. Yeah, because yeah, that was. So the, that was I think 80s. Joey Zaza was modeled on. Yeah, on him. Oh, it not makes for sense. Oh, so that's yeah. that's why I was like, <laughs> but John Godfather Gotti. GF three takes place in the. Same time, same time so you know it's yeah. retroactively there it's yeah. confusing yeah, yeah i'm time sure john, i'm sure john got he's spinning in his grave knowing that that uh, was modeled after him <laughs> <laughs> you want to learn about anthony stracci Strachi? stracci uh sure stracci is the one from uh, staten island uh no he controlled the new jersey area and the shipping on the west side docks of manhattan Huh, who, so who's the guy from Staten Island? I thought that was Strachi. Uh, no, we are going to learn that in a second. Okay. Uh, let's see. He ran the gambling in Jersey and was very strong with the Democratic political machine. So the Jersey guy is allowed in. The Jersey guy, yeah, he's considered one of the five. Interesting. Why is that? Well, he's, he's New typically New Yorkers don't oh, look, know. they look, you know, like on the... In the, so the Sopranos, the, the New York mobsters always kind of look mm-hmm. down on, on Tony yeah. Soprano and his crew. This must have been when it was still there was there was still a pot in a ship, a real pot in a ship. It was still the, small enough where you, yep. know, you couldn't afford to alienate any of the dons. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He had a fleet of trucks. Made him a fortune primarily because his trucks could travel with a heavy overload and not be stopped and fined by highway weight inspectors. <laughs> Such a, such a wow! This is a really glamorous life of a gangster cheating <laughs> the, uh, cheating the <laughs> way stations. <laughs> You're regular John Dillinger, there, aren't you? I never really thought about it. That's where all the assassinations take place: the toll booths, the way stations. Yeah, a lot of business going on there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but check this out. Strachi really had a great idea. These trucks helped run the highways, and then his road-building firm with lucrative lucrative state contracts repaired the damage wrought. Mm, nice. So his overweighted trucks were oh. I never realized that that's why they have way stations, to, to prevent them the from road. being too heavy. To just, yeah, they, they don't want to charge a feed, depending on how heavy they are. Because they're destroying roads. Yeah, I guess because they're... I never really thought about that. I never knew that. More wear tear on the roads, yeah. And if you happen to have the contract to fix those roads... Yeah, well, then, if those trucks happen to be wearing chains when they go on the highway, uh, yeah. then so be it. If those trucks happen to be owned by your father <laughs> running molasses out of Canada, well, power to you. What does that tell you? <laughs> tells you we can win. <laughs> uh, Stracci was... He also was old-fashioned and never dealt in prostitution... But because his business was on the waterfront, it was impossible for him, for him not to be involved in that business. Oh, and in, in prostitution? Or in prostitution in and in drugs. Okay. Yeah. Because I guess the, the wharfs make sense. So wait, he was against prostitution, but he had, but he did it anyway? Uh, let's see. Strachi, too, was old-fashioned and never dealt in prostitution. But because his business was on the waterfront, it was impossible for him not to be involved in the drug smuggling traffic. Okay, in the drug drug smuggling, not in because, the prostitution. Yeah, that's right. Got it. Okay. Of the five families opposing the Corleones, his was the, was the least powerful, but the most well disposed. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that was Stracci. 
Uh, Cunio. Cunio. He's from the Bronx. He is, let's see, Upper New York State. So that probably is the Bronx. Yeah. The family's control. Upper, yeah. Uh, upstate gambling and exercised veto power on state licensing of racing tracks. Wait. So maybe I, this is Albany. I this thought Pop had veto power. What do you mean? <laughs> Doesn't Pop have veto power? <laughs> awesome. Veto power. Good callback. We talked about that a while ago. Uh, Otilio Cunio. He was a completely disarming man with the face of a jolly round peasant baker, uh, whose legitimate activity was, was one of the was one of the big milk companies. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big milkman. Yeah, I think it's great how uh, they're talking about all these different industries that the mm-hmm. families are in. Let's see. Uh, he was. Oh, he was the kid. He was the guy who loves children. Oh, okay. And he carries a pocket full of sweets in his in his pockets. Not at all creepy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's in a prostitution smuggling. Drugs. He carries some <laughs> candy around. What's there to worry about? Yeah. <laughs> Come on down to the docks, kids. I got candy in my pocket. Yeah. Get in the truck. Don't worry. I, it's not overloaded. <laughs> uh, check this out. <laughs> He was one of the dons who had never been arrested. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So much so that he had served. Oh, so no one ever suspected him, the authorities, because he had never been arrested. Yeah. Uh, he was one of the dons. Uh, like, he's the milkman. He couldn't be involved yeah. in crime. Look how jolly <laughs> he is. Hey, kids, come get your candy from the milkman. <laughs> Uh, his true activities had never even been suspected so much so that he had served on civic committees mm-hmm. and had been and, and had been voted as businessman of the year for the state of New York by the Chamber of Commerce. Wow. I'm surprised that he would um that he uh would <laughs> I'm surprised that he would go. Like what? Well, I guess I assume if I was the I don't know. I guess I assume like all gangsters always being surveilled and, and mm-hmm. so like him going to a meeting with all these oh, guys yeah. would seem to kind of indicate that there was, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I think he's been able to pay off the cops and the FBI with uh, candy <laughs> <laughs> and milk, yeah. and milk oh, deals. The, yeah. That's because uh, like McCluskey didn't drink. So he just had to drink milk all the time. Oh, that's how he's. Oh, that's right. God damn it, Phil. <laughs> this milk isn't doing it for me. <laughs> <laughs> so how's the pasteurization in this joint <laughs> huh? let's see uh, the closest ally to the Tatali family was Don Emilio Barzini Barzini, Barzini. you use those Spanish there. yeah I went to Barcelona uh-huh. yeah <laughs> so I, I might have picked it up when I went to Barcelona <laughs> we'll, we'll go back and leave it there before you come back next time see uh, Tatalia, um, or so Barzini, he had the gambling in Brooklyn and some in Queens. He had some prostitution. He had strong arm. Isn't that funny? <laughs> this is like, strong he, arm. Yeah, this is like he had strong arm, period. <laughs> that's a full <laughs> sentence. Yeah, that's <laughs> weird. That. I, I kind of know what they mean, but it's a weird way of yeah, phrasing it. Really it. Is, yeah. <laughs> he completely controlled Staten Island. Hmm. I don't know why you were you thinking of another Don? I don't know. Hmm. hmm. We'll have to look back to see. Uh, oh, he Barzini had some of the sports betting in the Bronx and Westchester. Westchester, woo! woo! And he was in narcotics. <laughs> uh, he was one of the few men shrewd enough to be interested in Las Vegas and Reno. 
Oh, that's nice. The, quote, open cities of Nevada. He also had interest in Miami Beach and Cuba. Barzini's all over the place. See, he's he's in everything. Roth would have to be there. Roth in what, Cuba? Yeah, no, it would have to be involved in this meeting because Barzini has um, ties to Cuba. Maybe he's disguised as Barzini's... um, Conciliary. I just there. realized it was it was Roth all along. <laughs> no, really, maybe he's disguised as Barzini's conciliary and he keeps leaning over to Barzini mm, and says, Don't hey. listen to him, Emilio. Emilio, make sure they show the cake before you begin. <laughs> make sure they save something for the Lakeville Road boys. <laughs> yeah. When he goes into his whole monologue, when when a May man I, com- when a conciliary comes to my gets to my age, he likes to be sure that things go well. <laughs> What'd you have? Come on, you have one. You, you had a you had a Roth. Uh. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Okay. Uh, here's a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. Barzini. So after the Corleone, so Cuneo is um, that is um, Upper New York, but not Westchester. No, it sounds like Barzini is Westchester. So, so what are they talking about? Like Putnam County? Like really Albany? How yeah, I think so. Because who? Cuneo? Because he was talking about the state licensing of racetracks. That sounds like capital. I know, but Albany. I thought these, I thought all the five families were like based in New York. I thought that was the whole New York City. I thought, it's I guess they thought. It's one hell of a commute. Maybe they're not. It's much more spread out than I thought. You're telling me. Okay. Yeah. Well, that explains why the bar maybe explains why the Corleones are so powerful. If they have Manhattan, they have Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Huh. They, according to them, they said Barzini's second only to the Corleones. Yeah, uh, according to, to according to Puzzo, <laughs> isn't it funny? Like he is one reference. He's the reference. <laughs> I don't know. Puzzo seems to suggest them. <laughs> After the Corleone family, Barzini was perhaps the strongest in New York and therefore in the country. Hmm, there you go. Yeah. His influence reached even to Sicily. His hand was in every unlawful pie. I wonder if that's still true that the most powerful crime families are based in New York. Hmm. You think we might have switched over to California at a, some, at a certain point. Well, I, I mean, my understanding is that like organized crime in New York is, I don't want to say non-existent, but it's not like it was before. I mean, I think it's all finance now. Isn't that where all the right. organized crime is taking place? Fraud and finance? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I mean, there's always got to be. There's always someone running, running lit women and gambling and all that stuff. Yeah, so. that's true. Um I mean, yeah. the internet has probably changed. I probably everyone's yeah. based in like like Romania or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the real criminals. Yeah. No offense to any Romanians listening. I was just using that as an example. Yeah. Uh, Barzini, uh, let's see, was even rumored to have a toehold in Wall Street. Mm, there you go. Hold. He's way ahead of his time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they called him the, 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 the Don of Dao. No, I <laughs> no, I did. He's like the Buddhist, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Dow Industrial Don. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so he's kind of ahead of the Corleones in that he oh, seems yeah. like he's making inroads into be, being completely legitimate. It seems like it. So, I think Hagen's uh, taking a is trying to take lessons from the Barzini playbook. So, do you think when Mikey took over? Mm-hmm. Did he use the toehold that Barzini had already? Like, was that now Mikey's toehold? Uh, probably. Like, yeah. he, does he just kind of take uh, over all the operations? In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a smart move. It's a sl- they say you shouldn't 
create all these new businesses, you just need to create knockoffs or take over. Yeah, or just right? buy, you know, buy, buy already existing. You know, buy him out. Google, I guess. Buy know, him out. Yeah. Wait, they buy you out? No, no, he bought... I don't think his credit's good enough to buy him out. He's unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit more about Barzini? Mm. Emilio. Emilio. His son um, is named Emilio Barzini Jr. Uh, let's see. He was the uh, he was a man much like Don Corleone, but more modern, more sophisticated, more businesslike, more zada. <laughs> it doesn't say that. <laughs> doesn't say that. He could never be called an old mustache Pete, mm. and he had the confidence of the newer, younger, brasher leaders on their way up. He was a man of great personal force in the in a cold way, which um, with none of Don Corleone's warmth, and he was perhaps at this moment the most respected man in the group. It makes sense for Bar. I mean, you know, we're all anti-Barzini because we're pro-Don, but yeah. it makes sense that he would want to get rid of Corleone. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's, a he's 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 he has vision of the future, mm-hmm. and B the he's keeping all those judges in his pockets like yeah. so many nickels and dimes. Yeah, yeah. This is a big move. This is a big moment for Barzini. Yeah, you we're going to see. An, we're going to see next minute to. Well, we'll get into that next minute. How him speaking up is very telling. Mm-hmm. It's a power move. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit more. Sure. You want to hear about the Tatalia family? Sure. Okay. Wait, you mean Barzini? Oh, no, Alex. <laughs> I just learned. <laughs> I just learned it was it was the dawn of the Dow Industrial Average. Fredo, Fredo. So his name is Philip Tatalia, right? Don Philip Tatalia. Mm-hmm. This Bruno is his son. He got the, the magician. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. The illusionist. <laughs> <laughs> Tatalia was held in, in a slight contempt by the others. Of course. For one thing, it was known that he had allowed himself to be dominated by Salazzo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, embarrassing. <laughs> I know. Had, in fact, been led by the nose by that fine Turkish hand. <laughs> just kill with a knife. <laughs> yeah. He was held responsible for all this commotion. <laughs> He's a great actor. Turk, I need assurance. <laughs> You're good with a knife, but I'm good with the ladies. <laughs> He's almost he almost has a Gollum status. My precious groveling. My precious ladies. Assurances. I need assurances. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, that's uh, that's what Frodo says when he's trying to learn the riddle. He's like, "Wait, wait, Gollum, give, I mean, give me some assurances." What? Yeah, jumping up and down in a rage. Uh, Tatalia was held responsible for all this commotion. Of course he is. This uproar that had so affected everyone. Also, he was a 60-year-old dandy and woman chaser. <laughs> <laughs> and he had ample opportunity to, to indulge his weakness. Mm. The Tatalia family dealt in women. It was its main business. It also controlled most of the nightclubs in the U.S. and could place any talent anywhere in the country. In the, it controls nightclubs in the whole U.S.? It sounds like it. Wow. Yeah. So but he must know uh, Johnny then. No, no, no. Never heard of him. <laughs> you know I mean, Johnny Fontaine, not Johnny Ola. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I didn't realize all over the country, yeah. like, clubs were controlled by by him. By his family. 
it's an odd concept that there aren't just these open clubs all over. I guess it's the 40s. Well, it also might be a case of like, well, if you own a club and you want talent, yeah. if you want talent to come through mm-hmm. and stay, play at your place, you have to you have to mm-hmm. become part of the Tatalia syndicate or whatever. So that he, <laughs> you know, he said you probably get like one Johnny Fontaine and then you get like six dog, you know, six oh. like terrible acts for every like good one. And yeah. you, know, you have to hire four women for every <laughs> singer you take. <laughs> And Don Corleone, you can't object when I open my franchise of nightclubs. I'm going to call them assurances. <laughs> it's right next to Polly's uh, restaurant. <laughs> and Fredo's. It'll be oh, one block yeah. with all the... Oh, uh, that'd be the greatest <laughs> town to go to. <laughs> Terrible. Worst thing for a nightclub. <laughs> assurances. assurances. <laughs> Let's see. Uh... His person, uh, <laughs> it will be nightclub and and um, and magic uh, shows. Oh, you know, yeah. like, oh, that's a perfect pairing. <laughs> yeah, Tatalia was not above using strong arm to get control of promising singers and comics and muscling in on on record firms. Hmm. Hmm. But prostitution was the main source of his income. His personality was unpleasant to these men. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he was a whiner. Tatalia. <laughs> He was a whiner. (laughs) Don't forget the cannoli. (laughs) Don't forget the insurances, Vazzini. Insurances. (laughs) He was a whiner, always complaining of the cost in his family business. Mm. Laundry bills. All those towels ate up the profits. Laundry left. Laundry bills. (laughs) Cleaning bills. Mattress bills. Prophylactic bills. But he owned the laundry firm that did the work. But he Mm. still complained about it. The girls were lazy and unstable, running off, committing suicide. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that crazy? The pimps were treacherous and dishonest and without a shred of loyalty. Good help was hard to find. Young lads of Sicilian blood turned up their noses at such work, considered it beneath their honor to traffic and abuse women. So for Philip Tatalia would rant on to audiences unsympathetic and contemptuous. <laughs> so great. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 I kind of wish we had seen, obviously in part two, we see the origins of Don Corleone, but mm. I think it would have been, I'm kind of glad they didn't, but it would have been fun to see like a young Tatalia and young Barzini and all like, you know, like have to tell you be like, huh, that girl's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. That gives me an idea. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I should do it or not. I, I need some kind of um uh guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then like uh, you know, the guy's like, oh, yeah, I like children personally. I'm gonna start filling my pants up with candy. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. We hold we hold Italia in contempt. This, <laughs> this guy's here. <laughs> yeah. Creepy Cuneo. <laughs> oh, he's like that Don. What's a candy that begins with D? D? Yeah, he's the... Oh, someone in the audience is saying it. I can hear it. Yeah. Or C. What's the one that begins with C? Oh, Cracker Jack. He's the Cracker... He's Cracker Jack Cuneo. Because he fills his pockets <laughs> oh, with Cracker Jacks. even worse. It's not even like you're in a rapper. It's just like, like loose Cracker Jacks. The presents at the... Surprises at the bottom, kids. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Okay, okay. Uh, Puzo writes, page 284. So this is Tatalia and Don Corleone. It was proper, since they had both ho- lost sons in their war against each other, that Don Corleone and Philip Tatalia should acknowledge each other's presence only with a formal nod. Hmm. As opposed to All a casual nod. No, instead of going and saying hello. No, no, I know, yeah. Yeah. A formal nod. Oh, I see. Like black tie <laughs> nod. You don't want to... It was like a three-degree incline nod. <laughs> <laughs> did you see what he did to me? They inclined two part two degrees. It's an insult. And how will we know when Don Corleone consolidates power that he won't reduce the incline of his nods? <laughs> After all, we are not uh, geometricians. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Don Corleone was the object of attention. Is that what someone who studies geometry is called? A geometrician? I guess so. Uh, I don't know if it's if it's a, if there's a specific profession to geometry. I would just think a mathematician. But you're right. It's probably in it. but a mathematician and, who specializes in, in geography, geometry, a geom. We'll ask. We'll, we'll answer. answer. Yeah, write it down, Alex. Go ahead. Don Corleone was the object of attention. The other men studying him to see what mark of weakness had been left on him by his wounds and defeats. Mm. The puzzling factor was why Don Corleone had sued for peace after the death of his favorite son. It was an acknowledgement of defeat and would almost surely lead to a lessening of his power. But they would soon know. Not to mention Um, the death of his his daughter-in-law, but that didn't happen at this point in the book. That's right, yeah. Was I supposed to look up? Was um, I asking an answer? It was, what, do you, what do we call someone who studies geometry? Geometry. Okay. Geometry. Is that all you got for this minute? I've got a little bit more, but it has to do with the meeting, all the dialogue and stuff. So let's right. talk about it next minute. All right. We'll kick it down the, yeah. down the can a week. Yeah. Kick it down the can. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so are we ready to rate this minute? Yeah. Man. Oh, it's so great. They get into conversations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I got mine. You got yours? I have mine. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. You know what we haven't done in a long time? What's that? We have not counted down to the next um to the next event. That's right. Well, we don't even have a countdown. Oh, we do have a countdown. Yeah, we do. That's right. We don't have a number of minutes, do we? No. Do you know what a minute? No, uh, we'll, we'll look it up later. But let's play it now. It's been a while since we played it. Oh, okay. Yeah. We'll we'll we'll, f- we'll figure out how many minutes later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, take so, it away, orchestra leader. So why don't we uh, end the minute with this? We'll let this music play, right? Okay. And then we'll come back for the bonus content. Yeah, that's right. If, if you're if you're around and you want to mm-hmm. hear it, um, if you aren't a uh, supporter of us, go to godfatherminute.com slash support. And we're going to be talking about Willy Wonka meets the Godfather uh, right. today's episode. So uh, it's just it's about a buck a show. So uh, check it out, and you have access to all the past uh, episodes, the entire archive. So well, I think the only like the first six episodes we did not do bonus content. We should go back and do bonus oh, content yeah. for it. Yeah, we should. So um, you know what? If we can get up to the, that'll be our next stretch goal. If oh, people yeah. can get set, that we'll go back and do those mm-hmm. bonus content for mm-hmm. those first six episodes. But first, we got to do the uh, GF three comment. Commentary, which oh, we're yeah. inching in on. Oh, we're inching in I on. I can't wait. That's going to be so fun. So, I have it recorded. It keeps coming up on cable, mm. and I, I'm so tempted to watch it, but I'm waiting. I know. Because I want to watch it fresh. Every time you think you want to go in, you get pulled <laughs> back out. <laughs> All right, then. So uh, until next time, <laughs> don't, don't you, you talk, talk to, to a, a man like Barzini like that. I'm going out and 